welcome to Salamander Babies, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Holodeck programmer, Jen Marshall. I'm temporal timekeeper, Mario Panaghetti. I'm quantum anarchist, Jim Gold. I'm chief philosophy officer, Lou Gold. Today we are discussing season two, episode 25, Resolutions. Captain Janeway and Chakotay both contact a deadly virus from a wasoop insect. They are forced to remain on the planet where they have contracted it, where the environment prevents the disease from killing them. Janeway orders Voyager to continue its journey to the Alpha Quadrant with Tuvok as its new captain. Janeway explicitly forbids Tuvok from contacting the Vidians, who might have knowledge about a cure for the virus, as previously they have taken every opportunity to harvest organs from Voyager's crew. And then I think some things happen between Jamie and Dakota, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so much happens. They have a great time on the planet and nothing happens. I didn't even remember all that stuff about the Vidian. About who's? Yeah, exactly. I think we probably each invested in different parts of this episode. <laughs> yeah, well... Pretty much, it's just a, it's a vehicle for Janeway and Chipotle to be alone together on a planet with no real prospect of them leaving anytime soon, even though they're, they're sick, but they're not sick because of the planet. Yeah, they get to experience each other <laughs> on a nice tropical planet. Drop monkeys. <laughs> sure, I mean, like, what, do monkeys live in not tropical places? Zoos. Forested. Zoos. <laughs> Hollywood it's one of the sets. zoo planets. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Get serious. <laughs> Get serious. It's um, about discussing the pairing of Chakotay and Janeway. This episode is the jewel of the Chipotle Janeway ship. Is it? It is. It's kind of. There's some other stuff, mm-hmm. but this is the jewel because of the spooning under the table. <laughs> the Chipotle maneuver. <laughs> so if this is like considered the epitome of of that pairing in the show it seems kind of disappointing doesn't it yes it does (laughs) (laughs) but it's like that kind of like um that kind of yearning that you don't want to actually happen because you know they would just fuck it up if they did to be fair that look on janeway's face when she's getting the the back robe neck robe and she's like oh god what's happening oh no uh that there, there are legitimate relationships in TV shows that are less compelling than that moment. That's fair. I agree. Yeah, my read from this episode was that Janeway violently opposed this ship from start <laughs> to finish. And Chakotay makes many efforts to try to advance it. He's like, oh, let me just float this. Let's call you Catherine. Let's build you a bathtub. And she's like, no, 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 no. Well, and that's what I was doing, too. <laughs> I don't need, obviously, I don't need to see Janeway in a relationship to be happy with the show or her character, but it would be nice because I like Chipotle, I like Janeway, I like the tension. It's delicious, but yeah, it's it's not necessary, and it was kind of almost a bottle episode in which everything happened and then didn't happen. Yeah, at the end of the episode... They they wind up in, a, in the same situation uh, as they were at the beginning of any other episode. And it's like, the next episode, you, you can totally ignore any of that having happened and you'd be none the wiser. As soon as they were talking about, like, staying there, Chipotle was very, very much in like, well, I guess this is this is us now. Um, I'm going to go chop some wood, build a house, and... Uh, and I Make babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not not from scratch. No, you need to do convincing. It's a collaborative project. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, Janeway was very much in the like, well, we need to figure out how to get the fuck off this rock. <laughs> and Chakotay was basically like, well, we need to figure out how to get the fuck on, right, on this rock. <laughs> <laughs> Literal rock. You gotta, you gotta warm yourself in the sun first. <laughs> <laughs> Completely bare. <laughs> By that I mean covered in fur. <laughs> <laughs> they made sure to transport a lava lamp down with them. <laughs> God. Some Marvin Gaye. Yes. <laughs> Along with a bunch of uh, 24th century clothes. Leftover but... fair attire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did have in my notes that it was, um, the whole episode was fake high stakes. Like, there's no way that they're going to leave the captain and the first officer on the planet. And it's, they're just, that's it. That, we're never going to see them again. And, like, what were they doing on an away mission together in the first place? That they didn't know anything about what was down there? It would have been interesting, let's say, it wasn't Chipotle and Janeway, and it was, like, somebody that made more sense being on um, an away mission together, like Chipotle and Bellana, which is my other favorite ship. I just want to see Chicote with a good woman, or man, <laughs> anybody, really. He's just got so much... Emotions that he can us through his soulful, soulful eyes. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of torn because on one level, I liked that they dropped us in media res instead of wasting time showing a stupid the insect bite away mission. But on the other, there, there's a lot of missing content here that would maybe better explain how they got in the situation and why they decided to respond the way they did. So going into watching the episode, I had forgotten that they actually explain how they got the illness. Um, and so when the episode started and they're like, oh, we're on the planet now, I was like, oh man, maybe they're not going to explain this. And part of me was like, that's a ballsy move. Just being like, yeah, we're in this problem again. And it reminded me of, um, of Meld where they're like, yeah, murder happened, you know, next, let's get to the, the meat of it. And then they kept talking about the bug bites and I was like, oh, I guess this is an actual thing. Yeah. And, and it kind of made me actually want to see them deal with, I know it wasn't, Maybe it's because I'm not watching it for the, the Chakotay Janeway ship. Like, <laughs> every time they were in a scene together, I was just like, oh, Chakotay, you're making me uncomfortable. Just just pump your brakes a little bit. I, I was like, ah, I kind of, you know, I want to know what symptoms they had. I you want to see them sick. I wanted to see them sick. I wanted to see, like, it'd be funny if they, their symptoms manifested as, like, genital warts. And now they're stuck <laughs> on a planet together with this weird tension. And Jane was like, I know what happened down there. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I was actually thinking the same thing. Like, what were they symptoms? <laughs> not genital warts. But now that you mention it. That's all I can think about. Um, yeah, now I'm having trouble not visualizing that. But, yeah, Trigger no, it's just, like, so... So were they going to die immediately? Um, like, why couldn't... But yes, you're right. If I wasn't so on board the desperately wanting the Chipotle Janeway ship to happen, I would have been made very uncomfortable by Chipotle's like, continued comings on, like his lingering glances, which he is the king of, by the way, if you didn't notice. There were like at least three or four different times where he's like gazing at her naked shoulder while she's like wrapped in a towel oh I've seen his shoulder (laughs) scandalous ouch Polly help me don't let him see your ankle yes no then you'd really be in trouble (laughs) then you're basically married (laughs) it wasn't a bad contrivance to have them like oh yeah we, we we got we got the fly disease and we need to stay on the surface or whatever I mean that was uh, it was what the writers needed in order to get the situation going, but it wasn't very satisfying in terms of like an explanation. But, you know. I have a very specific read on this episode, and I realize it's going to be headcanon, but I think it fits very well. 
I think that Voyager came kind of early into the time period where fans started talking about shows on the internet and building communities around them. This would have been on like message boards or um, news groups. People would be talking about the show and that's where you start to get more discussions about pairings and OTPs. I have a feeling that the writers were becoming aware of it and wanted to nip it in the bud. And so the entire episode is everyone except Chakotay fighting violently against this pair. <laughs> Janeway's like, I'm a scientist. I'm going to fix this problem that the writers have contrived for us. And Chakotay's like, eh, whatever, let's have sex. And the entire crew's like, we got to get them off that planet right now. <laughs> we need to do everything we can. This is ridiculous. It's funny that you mentioned that because also in my notes I have this episode is basically fan service at its worst. It's like, hey, we're going to kind of give you what you want, but not really because nothing changes before or after this. If you never watched this episode, you would never know that anything happened between these characters like this. That's why it felt like a response to me. Like, yes. there, it wasn't a buildup of the story. It wasn't addressed later. It was a standalone. This is why it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is absolute headcanon now, but I just, I just want to believe that the Maquis got together and were like, oh, we know what Chakotay's into. We really need to save Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> Some B-plot wise, we've got Captain Tuvok on a ship full of mutineers. Captain <laughs> yeah. Tuvok. They don't listen to him at all, and basically Harry Kim is running around stirring up shit the best way he knows how, which is just to yell loudly. <laughs> <laughs> and to be like openly insubordinate, to be like uh, no, I don't want to follow your orders. It's but like, I, I liked how he started because he was like, hey, Blana, suggest mutiny. I, I, I'm not going to say it right now, but we should do something, right? You're, you're a Maquis, you're rebellious. We should do something? She's like, I don't know, what do you got? It's like, damn it. She, she, yeah, her, her position for that conversation was, what the fuck are you talking about? We all have jobs. <laughs> Jesus Dude, we're all Christ. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When Harry is talking with Tuvok in his really, like, sexy quarters, mm -hmm. I just gotta say, that mood lighting with the candles and the purple and that... that robe? Yeah, it kind of looks awesome like... awesome lounge robe with uh, the uh, um, shoulder pads. Shit, he needed yeah. one of those, like, bubble uh, pipes. In any <laughs> case... You have no robe right there. <laughs> he could stab someone with those shoulder pads. Yeah. Um, in any case, when, when Harry went to him and was like, okay, so here's the thing, got this idea, how about we, you know, do this? And Tuvok's like, no... I, I was just like, Harry, this is your chance to say, I also think that it's worth mentioning to you that a lot of the crew are really, <laughs> like, just fucking say, by the way, FYI, you're going to have a mutiny on your hands, because Tuvok's a reasonable guy, and he's not going to be able to take down, how many crew members are there on Voyager? Like, 140, something like that. Yeah, no, just, just fucking, Harry, just say the majority of people will fucking take the ship take control of the situation. But Harry's... I'm not going to insult Harry right now, but I could. So this was a concern to me. Was that It didn't seem like Tuvok had assigned a first officer in the course of him taking over the ship, which means he had no one to counter his ideas in a more formal capacity. And there was no like good chain of command structure for people to pass on suggestions or concerns. Like He had a morale officer in Neelix, and he wasn't listening to that guy's opinions about the morale of the crew, which is a really important thing to consider in transition of power. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair, but even so, from what I can tell, insubordination is, like, a key point in any major plot in, in like, any Star Trek episode <laughs> uh, throughout all, all series. And, and, like, the idea that they would have, like, a rigorous 
uh, chain of command that was actually enforced. That that's the least believable. But part. I mean, they had it. They had it with Chakotay, and so there was. He actually had crew members who all reported to him as part of his formal capacity, oh. and so that was a place, an avenue where he could tell Jamie, "Is like, hey, there's discontent among the crew." Like that did come up in multiple episodes, and Tuvok was lacking that here, which is why it, like mutiny becomes a possibility. That's fair, but that doesn't really counter the fact that like Star like Star Trek officers or crewmen have. A, seemingly like damn near no problem just saying no to orders that they receive (laughs) just in general it's a flat corporate structure (laughs) yeah right (laughs) they're very open to fearless feedback i have a question for everybody who should have been the first officer under tuvok that's a good question probably blana i mean she's not a bridge officer so i think she may not have the same insight like she is an engineer through and through like she hangs out at the warp core and doesn't socialize a lot i think they need someone who interacts more with the bridge crew members yeah, but she's probably the highest-ranking Maquis, and so she she would essentially serve the... Like, Tuvok would be hated by all the Maquis crew. Balana is at least respected by them. It's this kind of the same function Chakotay served as exactly. a Maquis leader and representative. Yeah. That would make sense. Yep, and she deserves to rule. <laughs> Her pirate ship. Yes. All right, all right. All right. counter-proposal. Suitor. <laughs> I'm down. I'm I'm down with him being in charge. He's unbiased. He'll kill anyone. What could possibly yeah. happen? You just lose crew people every once in a while. Yeah, when they start talking about people being unsatisfied, it's like, well, you're not unsatisfied anymore, are you? No, just when they look at him weird. <laughs> That's true. Should be fair, he would keep order. Yeah, I guess. one good reason. Look at me funny. I dare you. Mm-hmm. setting an example by just murdering the first person <laughs> that they see on the bridge. <laughs> They're like, we're going to set some baseline here. Yeah, I okay, maybe... go in any moment. Any, mini, miny, mo. <laughs> I'm just going to kill a random person. I, I, I don't I don't see that as like a very good like a discipline enforcement technique. I, I disagree. It's You do it once. <laughs> right up front and it's an, an intimidation tactic. Alright, so I'm not serving on your bridge crew. <laughs> So what you're saying is in this the part pi- is rehab. <laughs> in the pilot, they should have just killed one random crew member. <laughs> well, half the crew dies in the pilot. <laughs> they they split the crew up into groups of ten and give them nine clubs each. Yep. <laughs> Battle Royale with Star Trek. I'd this sounds so like down. the mirror universe. <laughs> the Terran Empire mm-hmm. fighting each other for dominance. Oh man, I dig it. But yeah, it's kind of funny that Harry is walking around like Harry knows best. It's like, I'm smarter than you, Tuvok, and I'm smarter than Janeway, and I'm smarter than everybody. Why won't nobody listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> Why won't anyone listen to me when I just tell them what they should be doing? I'm get a lot of ensign. I like how Harry struggles the whole episode to get through the Tuvok, and then Kess turns him around in a single scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's that's like, true. Harry, it's fine, I got this. Can't get no respect. I respected Kess's approach. When I watched that scene, I thought it was really interesting that Kess had an emotional appeal to Tuvok that worked on a logical level. She basically said, like, you don't experience emotions. Um, think about all your crew members who do. Effectively, what she's saying is you run a crew of emotional beings. Like, on one level, you chide them for not having more control over their emotions. But really, just as much as you have an emotional suppressive organ in your brain, they are hardwired for emotional responses. Like, that is what, to a certain extent, at least in the context of Star Trek, that is what drives humans is their emotion and their need to explore and everything else. So when they have an issue that is derived from emotion it needs to be addressed on some level more than just denying them outright no i agree but at the same time how old is tuvok and how long has he been serving in starfleet surely he knows this but they definitely build it like he doesn't yeah i know which, which is, is strange kind of, to me it's when they, bizarre it's like, i'm 100 
Yeah, it's totally bizarre. And I, if I was Tuvok, I would be... He has reason to be offended by yeah. everybody's behavior towards him in this episode. It's yeah. Unconscionable. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, like, in, in terms of... Like, this is a ship with a crew who has responsibilities. Um, they should get over their fucking feelings. <laughs> uh, like, not wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Tuvok was definitely on the right side in the whole thing. Like, no, we're not going to the people who have... Uh, numerous times tried to murder us all and like w- damn near succeeded a number of times. They got their asses kicked on the first encounter. Yeah. No, we're not just going to go ask them for help. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we do have some sort of leverage, like th- that's a really bad idea. Turns out it was a really bad idea. And the only reason it succeeded was because the Vidians didn't apparently lock down the person who was possibly sympathetic to, to Voyager. With- without that, they would have all been killed. Like, going back to my complaints about the Pitcher Plan episode, yeah, without that little point, the fact that, I'm sorry, uh, whatever, the doctor. uh, Pell. Pell? Pell? Okay. Without her actually getting them what they needed, uh, everyone would have been killed. (laughs) Sure. My additional issue with um, the treatment of Tuvok in this episode is that it takes place, like, half a season after the episode meld, in which we totally look at Tuvok's emotional reality. Like, he's he feels emotions very intensely, mm-hmm. and everybody's acting like he doesn't. And it's like, dude, he fucking tried to murder somebody because he was feeling emotions so strongly. And they're like... And when Kess says the, you know, well, you know, imagine somebody who feels it deeply. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, like... Yes, it's a little offensive, but I think it's extra offensive considering how closely after... Tuvok's emotional breakdown it happened. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate because Star Trek writers seem to change their mind constantly on whether Vulcans are incapable of feeling emotions or very good at suppressing emotions, which are two very different things happening under the surface. So in this episode, they just decide that he's emotionless. And then in other episodes, they decide, oh, Vulcans have lots of emotions, but they're good at suppressing them. And and they do understand them on a certain level, which is why they try to convince other people not to succumb to them. Uh, And I will say, Jim, I agree with you that the plan was shitty. (laughs) <laughs> and they should feel bad. <laughs> but I think the point I was trying to make is that he should be more attentive to their concerns. And he didn't have a good feed... Like, going back to, like, a corporate structure, he didn't have a feedback mechanism. That's true. He's, he's basically saying, like, you are inherently flawed because you're feeling emotions, so I'm not going to listen to you out of sight. Like, out of hand. And that is not the right approach. Yes. I agree. Tuvok needs to listen to people, which is probably why... I mean, like... You could argue that he's not quite ready to be captain, or he needs more practice, and I think that would be reasonable. But yes, that was the dumbest idea in the history of dumb ideas, and it definitely shows a lot to Tuvok's strength that he didn't just yell, I told you so, (laughs) (laughs) you assholes, to everybody when he had the chance. Um, Personal anecdote, um, one time... I was leading a summer camp, and I had a staff of, like, four teenagers, um, like, snot-nosed teenagers, and one of them was caught um, drinking on campgrounds, which is a no-no. Sure. And they did it in my supply closet, which was right next to where I lived. And it's like, I can go outside, and I see the supply closet with the lights on, <laughs> I see, <laughs> I, like, hear giggling and shit, and I go in there, and there's, um, there's beer bottle tops all over the floor, and they're just in there, I'm like, you guys, you realize that I have to tell on you <laughs> right now, it's not being, being not cool, also, I don't like you or your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's how cool you actually are, though. Right. 
Yeah, so of course like I go and I like I rat on him because that's what I do and I enjoyed it while I was doing it mm-hmm. and I would do it again. Yeah. Um, but like this was like one of the popular kids and uh, his like his close friend was on my staff. And so, like, the next day, like, he got fired, of course, and all of his friends got fired. The next day, uh, I tell somebody to go do something, and I'm, like, waiting with all the kids. And it's, like, the hour of activity, and I'm, like, where is that guy? And it's, like, the rest of my staff were just, like, around the other side of the building, not doing anything. And I'm just, like, I walk around there, I'm, like, what the fuck, guys? (laughs) What the hell? I'm, like, is this, this is mutiny that I'm experiencing right now, but I definitely let them have it. Um... It was like the most Canadian tongue lashing anyone's ever gotten. They're not used to people being rude to them. Did you go Vidian on them? Did I brought you just the cut thunder. Them up? <laughs> yeah. so you just cut them into parts. Yeah, and it, all from you. It never happened again. Nice. <laughs> yes. Anyways, that's that's my true vlog moment, which is why I was so offended on his behalf, maybe. <laughs> So, in the process of you talking about um, Tuvok not listening to the crew, it occurred to me that if I was a Vulcan, I probably wouldn't listen to humans very much either. Because humans fuck up a lot, and I... Okay, it's this is my Vulcan bias coming out, so I'm just gonna stop now. But Tuvok's great. I agree. I, I think you're right any time except when the Vulcan's the captain of a human crew. Like, a captain has certain very specific responsibilities to at least acknowledge that the crew has concerns, like, have a mechanism for taking it in, processing it, and then give a response. Like, I thought he was going to give on the bridge when he's like, he's like, normally I wouldn't respond to these uh, emotional complaints, and I won't today. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now get the fuck back to work. Like, even if he decided not to go with the plan, like, he needed that kind of addressing. He's like, this is clearly a big concern. Mutiny is not something I want, and it's not something I can deal with if it happens. So let's address it in a responsible way that that follows the command structure. He just gets on the comm. I hear you all. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Here's why. So I will say, I'm not saying it's the right answer, but I'm just saying if I was a Vulcan, yeah, I probably wouldn't listen to humans. Even if if they were my crew, I'd probably be inclined not to. (laughs) Then they're bad at being in Starfleet. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be like, you get a level 10 force field, and you get a level 10 force field, and you get a level 10 force field. I mean, ship is honeycomb. We're trapped. Just individual, individual cells where people like you're at you're at your workstation, or or we let you get go back and sleep. That's it. I think that's slavery. Yeah. I guess they get paid. No, they don't. They don't have money. Ah, What do they do? Oh my god. It's like within your bubble, you can have all the emotions you want. (laughs) (laughs) It's emotion positive zone here. You get you get ten minutes a day to just scream. dark we definitely didn't cross this the mirror universe somewhere but i mean to be fair i'm a human and i don't even listen to most humans i mean all the more reason to just go with tuvok on this nobody was right yeah i trust him implicitly i want to see this episode set after seven shows up because i mean we don't have kess <laughs> we don't have kess who would being... have the appeal to turn him around honestly probably sounds seven. like he will comply seven probably would but she would probably be on his side. Yeah. I was actually thinking of that because when they're like, oh, who has the medical knowledge? I'm like, well, Seven would have the medical knowledge, probably. <laughs> would she find, like, the logical bridge to, like, satisfy the crew and to, like, go with Tuvok? Or... Maybe. I mean, it might be some syncretist kind of thing that she could do. But she would also be like, oh, yeah, we, we assimilated the Vidians. 
I've got the curator. Not the entire (laughs) civilization, but like we've assimilated Vidians before, and like, yeah, they had the technology to to do this. Like, I'll just whip that up right now. Alternative treatment. She just lets them die. It resurrects them. <laughs> nanoprobe healing. Boom. Yeah. Then we could test. Then we could test whether the nanoprobes actually made Neelix suicidal. That's true. It's the only way to know for sure. Mm. And wouldn't that be a cool episode? Just like right Chicote? after, like suicidal Chakotay and Janeway and Neelix. We were supposed to be dead. <laughs> I'm gonna rate that one. We died on that planet. Um, it still doesn't explain what Chipotle and Janeway are doing by themselves on an away mission. That's yeah. just so dumb. Makes me far so too mad. It's, it's like, come on, that was a whole thing in Next Generation. Picard never got to go on the fun trips because Riker was too busy being a killjoy. But Kirk and Spock went down. On that was so long and, ago. Uh, <laughs> which was a big shift to Next Gen, where Picard did it much less often because he was the captain. You're not supposed to do that. Hmm. I feel like we should go back to the planet. Yes, because I the agree. planet is called New Earth, and we need to talk about this. Oh <laughs> it's, uh, it's this planet that we've just decided to call. What are we going to call it, Chipotle? I don't know. Whatever, New Earth, whatever. Did, did he call it that, or did she? She did. Oh, okay. It sounds so like, like they agreed on it, but I don't know who actually named it. Can you imagine that meeting? Like he's sitting there with his colored sand, and she's like <laughs> in the hot tub. It's like, what do you want to call this planet? I don't give a shit. Uh-huh. Let's call it New Earth. They're okay. definitely drunk, right? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Earth too. Not not pictured. <laughs> Empty bottles of alcohol everywhere. <laughs> There's just a chalkboard that says the word Earth with a question mark. It's <laughs> like, oh, Earth too, Earth again. Turns out the planet's already settled. They just happen to land in like a nature preserve or something. <laughs> the planet was Earth all along. Oh my god. <laughs> if this was 50s sci-fi, that's what would happen. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the Twilight Zone Voyager episode. This is actually the Adam and Eve progenitors of humanity. <laughs> this oh. is BSG. This is the end of BSG. Spoilers. I was, Whoops. I was picturing like the opposite where they do the, the Planet of the Apes thing and they see like the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you did it! Red. You blew it up! Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things that go down on that planet, none of which are Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> he it gets makes none. me very upset. There's so many, yeah, like I said before, so many lingering glances, so many hints. So there, there I can't remember what the line was, but there was one where it was like uh, innuendo and it was a little... <laughs> Yes, it was to, to on serve. The yeah, was, yes, <laughs> on the nose indeed. Oh, well, it's like that part right before, like right before Janeway and not Chipotle give their goodbye speech that Janeway gives, and nobody cares what Chicotay has to say to all of his dearest friends. They're like giggling together, and like she almost like puts her hand on his chest, and they're like looking at each other, and then it's like uh, Tuvok Janeway, and she's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing how much uh, innuendo Jen read into every action that happened. It's like, did you see how long he brushed his hand against her shoulder? And like, she, she paused for a moment in recognition of some kind. I'm like, like, I actually didn't notice that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, like, she, like, reaches her hand, like, she reaches his hand out to, like, help her up. And then, like, he puts both of his hands on hers and he holds them there. Guys, they clasped. They did. It was a clamped... <laughs> um, I would just like to express my um, condolences for the listeners who can't see the look of delight on Jen's face as <laughs> she like wistfully told she's like looking upward and like this grin on her face in Jen's head this episode is like Vaseline lens like everything's just smeared and glowy and no. dream sequencing which, which is saying a lot because in Voyager they do that shit so much <laughs> 
That'll be my episode art. It was just me reacting. <laughs> Sparkly eyes. Are you going to be a salamander, though? Yes. Of course. Uh, have you guys ever played Harvest Moon? No, I don't know that. No. Is. no. So Harvest Moon is what could probably be described best as a life sim. I don't think I'm doing it justice here, but effectively you play a character who moves into a new town and starts a farm. And so on one level, you there's farm running mechanics. You plant trees. You harvest you harvest. But another part of it is you go into the town and you try to find a, a partner, someone to marry, and you basically meet different NPCs and several of them are romanceable. And the way the game, because this is an older game series, romancing is kind of simplistic. You effectively just have to talk to them a lot and give them things. Chakotay was wooing Janeway like Harvest Moon. He's basically like, <laughs> <laughs> just keep building furniture until she's wooed. <laughs> if, he, if he was a cat, he would just show up with like dead mice. <laughs> It's like, Burns. so Mr. Mr. Reverse Gender Raw, like, it's like, oh, you're doing all the cooking, I like that. Oh, you're building us a house, I like that. I'm going to sit here and try to find a cure so I don't have to be sitting next to you anymore. <laughs> what do I owe you? <laughs> don't make it gross. This is it pure. is gross. It's pure. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Janeway is talking about all the science stuff, and Chukwiti just sort of, like, smiling and nodding, and, <laughs> and it, it just sort of raises the question of, uh, what's Chakotay's background? Like, what did he major in in school? Because, like, I think home economics. That's my guess. Yeah. See, this is why I thought he wasn't really contributing to the science, because he doesn't actually know science. Yeah. And he's been coasting through the Maquis and Starfleet for years, yeah, hoping no one notices. Yeah. It definitely wasn't microbiology. <laughs> That's for <laughs> Certainly sure. Certainly not. He like, never touches any of the scanners yeah. or anything the moment they sat down. You see that blank look on his face when she's like science talking and it's like going through one year and I gotta find a hammer. That's he's nice, like, dear. Yeah, yeah. He's like, maybe I should actually like make some woodworking tools. Colored sand, colored sand. Yeah, now that I'm off the bridge, like I'm actually effective. I can build shit. I'm useless on Voyager. So, so he, got, forever. he got through how many years of Starfleet Academy with a background in carpentry? Like, <laughs> They don't even have wood on Earth anymore. What's happening? I imagine they don't even have scholarships because there's no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he's glad to feel like he's actually building something with his hands. This I hate camping. You know, opposites attract. It was it was a meet cute, except for you know they already met, and it was but it was cute. <laughs> Speaking of making something with your hands. Janeway got so much dirt on her hands when she was garden. I planted a tomato. It's not even like she's planting the whole plant right then because did they just have a bunch of little baby plants just sitting around? And, like, did they have them in a, a crate or something? Like, I, I feel like they would have grown from seeds. I could see them transporting them from, like, hydroponics or whatever. Yeah, Neelix, they said they were Neelix's Talaxian tomatoes. That yeah. definitely implies they're not native to the world. Like no, no, no. With them. Invasive species. Yeah, right? It just takes over the entire <laughs> planet. They ruin the ecology yeah. again. My, my point is that, like, I find it hard to believe that they had a greenhouse set up that she then, after a month or two months of being there, moved into the... Like, I don't know. Yeah. They, they, I don't know about gardening. They brought down all the gardening stuff, except for a pair of gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she, she just like, in, in one shot, she just like totally ineffectively brushes her hands. <laughs> yeah. They're covered in dirt. And she just like. <laughs> the cake. Yeah. It's, it was funny though. It's like watching like, you know, when you put socks on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Is your kitten making too much noise? <laughs> I'm kidding, 
mittens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, I want to talk about that scene um, where she's, like, sitting there rubbing her shoulders, complaining about her knots are getting knots, and she's, like, giggling. Chicote sitting there just like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm here to help you. Let me lay my hands on you and talk about my mom. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you write porno scenes without the porno part? <laughs> That was the writer's question? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Surely enough people have been in this exact situation where you're just like, I want to get something started and I don't know how to do it. And Janeway's like not meaning to get something started, but then she like seems kind of okay with it and then immediately wants to abandon ship. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, I mean, plot-wise, this was like a hair above ordering a pizza or like getting <laughs> yeah. get the, the, the like the cable repair man. Yeah, the plumber's here. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I don't believe for a second that Janeway was into this pairing at all at any point in this episode. Do you mean Janeway the character, or do you mean... Um, oh, Kate that's Mulgrew? interesting. Like, maybe the script's like, and you're totally into it, and Kate Mulgrew's like, eh. I, <laughs> I don't see this in the card for my character. I'm a pretty good actor. I don't know if I can pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> no, look at his face. Anybody could pull that off. <laughs> pull his face off? <laughs> see, that's... <laughs> You just, I just want him to be happy. I don't. <laughs> I don't want him to be happy. I mean, like, if it couldn't happen with Bolana, because for whatever reason he's not into it, which he's a fool because Bolana is a jewel. She is a princess that nice. deserves a prince. That was that was excellent. Thank you. I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> She's like a, a sky pirate, right? Like a pirate princess. She deserves a pirate prince. Yeah. <laughs> or He's... another pirate princess. Her and Seven would be awesome together. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> what about her and Tuvok? Sure. I don't see it, but sure. I mean, it could be like the opposite track thing, where they'd get really frustrated with each other and then end up having really like hot makeup sex. But if, if she became his first officer? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> they'd have fights. Yep. Break walls. Steamy fights. <laughs> Lots of fighting. Getting Indeed. into fanfic territory again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the conversation is lulling right now. <laughs> Everybody's like in their own heads like, oh god. He would start like researching how like, like Klingon romance techniques and traditions. And she would be like, I don't want any of that Klingon shit. He'd be like, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I did notice in this episode is Harry pronounced Bolana like... Baylana. Yeah, he was. I did notice that. It brought me out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Early is there, season. Is there a preferred pronunciation? Eventually, people say Balana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just because they've been saying it for seven years, and the actors have just slurred everything together. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, Harry was overthinking the pronunciation of Balana. Definitely. But Alana. Exactly. She's like, that's offensive. <laughs> I like to think that uh, Garrett Wong was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, let's make Harry nervous and. Fuck or try really hard. But Bailana. <laughs> is one of the interpretations of an apostrophe in a, in a name like that um, a glottal stop? I don't remember what the Klingon rule for apostrophes is. Okay. Because the spelling that we see is definitely based on, I think, the official Klingon language um, character set and, and how it's like um, anglicized. Because hmm. there are Klingon characters and, and letters you see on the show, but when you see it in English, that's like the phonetic spellings. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're inviting a different kind of nerd to weigh in, and I just want to put a stop on that. Right I don't now. know enough about the Klingon language, <laughs> so I couldn't say. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, we could look it up, but 
I don't. I don't, I don't want know to. Yeah, I, I, don't actually I want to. For anybody that wants to clarify this, please don't. <laughs> <This> <laughs> you can email us at Hello Computer. <laughs> this is an excellent time to remind the listeners that um, we are not experts on any of this shit, so <laughs> we're probably saying a lot of wrong stuff. Yeah, and... we're not fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so... This episode's about a pairing that didn't work out. Yeah. Should we? So I, that, I assume that's your big pairing in the show, right? Is um, I do, I do love them just because there's so much material. Like that being like basically a whole episode dedicated to it. There's some other like little like glances here and there where it's like oh, like that um, the one where Q wants to bang Janeway, and then. Chakotay's like, I have a big problem with this. And it's like, well, you're not allowed to have a big problem with this, but thank you for your concern. <laughs> also, Q puts a Chakotay tattoo on his face, thinking that she's into that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. See? It's little things like that where it's just like, mm. <laughs> And that's always the most frustrating thing with pairings is when they, they themselves, the creators, hint at it and don't give it to you. Yes. Yes. But I do like Ch- Chakotay and Balana as well, even though they had way less material to go on. Um, beyond that, there's other ones, but I mean, those are my two big ones. Well, I was wondering if we should check with anyone else on the table. Like, you obviously don't have to have an answer to this, because not everyone watches a show on this level, like, in this way. But in the course of watching Voyager, did you have any kind of romantic pairing in your head that did or didn't work out over the course of the show? So, during the initial airing, watching through, I liked Tom and Bolana. Okay. My opinion of Tom has lessened over the years because I've grown up. Um, no, that's I don't I don't you know it's did. like yeah no he's he's can he can get on your nerves and the the I don't he's not even a bad boy but the bad boy thing like doesn't work um, so that kind of fell through but I like um, I like Harry and Seven and that never came to be but it was into that so. That was, there was a good moment, though, for that one. The one exact moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all know the moment. Yes. <laughs> I had the same thoughts as Lou about uh, Tom Bolana when we were watching it really early on. Um, but I, I also agree that, like, at this point, Tom is just such a dumb shit and an <laughs> asshole that, like, I can't reasonably want him to, to be happy at all. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I can't think of anyone on the show that I would, like, actually want to see coupled. Just nothing is actually sticking out at me as, like, oh, yeah, that that would be either fun or interesting or, like, sound like a functional relationship. I I forgot one that I liked for Janeway, and I don't even remember what the episode is, but maybe you guys remember. There was an alien captain that was like flirty with her. This is vaguely familiar to me. I think I might have watched it. And Good. and they like. kind of hit it off and I was like, I could dig it, but it was one of these I forget if it was a one part episode where this was the A plot or if it was a two part episode where it was a minor thing that kind of continued. Was this when the crew lost all their memories and were put like to hard labor on a planet and she fell in love with one of the other Um, different one. Okay. I want to say that it was them traveling through some dangerous territory. Now I need to find it out. I'll, I'll, I'll find it out and yeah. figure it out. But I, I have this like 
memory that maybe I made up that like he ends up betraying her. Yeah. Thing. I think there was something like that. It's always that simplistic of an exit. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah, because they can't like spend the whole rest of the show like hanging out. <laughs> I, I know that this is going to describe like 90% of the aliens on the show, but I remember it being a white guy with dark hair. What? Mm. Pretty certain. Did he have something glued to his face? Any, was it bumps I, or dots? Probably bumps, mm-hmm. if I recall. I'll find out. I will find out. <laughs> so no one else is Harry Bologna? <laughs> Just um, me then? No, no, no. So, so casually back up, but I prefer Wait, who, who? Harry with seven. I'm sorry. But Bologna would also be a great fit. So Harry Bologna was something that they floated in the pilot of the show. They are the two crew members who get kidnapped by the caretaker and are abandoned in the Ocampan world with the disease that basically kills would kill them. They were also both in the Thaw together. They've, they've had a lot of little yeah. moments together in the first few seasons. And in the pilot in particular, they make a very big point of Bellana being very Maquis and Harry being very Starfleet and playing them off each other in interesting ways. And they basically kind of had to learn to find a middle ground in the course of that episode. And I always appreciated that dichotomy. And I don't think Paris fulfilled it as well because Paris is not a very good Starfleet officer. <laughs> so I, I never really liked his pairing for for similar reasons to you guys, but I, I was always intrigued by the idea of like very stiff by the books Harry and very like bucking the system Bellana as a pairing. I thought that would, that would have created an interesting scenario. Yeah, I ship that more than I ship Bellana Tom, but I think anybody in Bellana is better than Bellana Tom. Bellana's a great character. I know, I love her. I have I I have actual Bellana art that I will save for a different episode, but I do love her, and I think if I was going to write fic, it would probably be. You know, my Bellana seven pirate queens. Question. Which ship do you hate more? Bellana Tom or Kess Neelix? And I know oh, one of them is canon. Ugh, well... Wait, those I are mean, both, they're, they're they're both, both canon. canon. They're both Whoops. canon. I mean, like... They don't last the end of the show, but they're both canon. I yeah. have more active energy against Tom and Bellana just because Tom is not good enough for her at all. And I don't like Neelix or Kess, so they can go bone each other, and I don't care. <laughs> But it's like, she's like dating so far beneath her that it's just like, why doesn't anybody? Doesn't she not have any girlfriends to be like, <laughs> you need to, <laughs> there's like literally 140 other people on this crew that you could be sleeping with that are not him. Cast my have Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care about her. <laughs> and, and really, like, she was imprisoned by the Kazon. Neelix was her rescuer. She only lives to be nine. Like, realistically, in her brain, like, that's the most important person in her life by the time Voyager encounters them. That's true. Her little exploration with Tom was slightly interesting. Um, <laughs> but just, also gross. It was gross. It's all gross. And Tom was being a dick on purpose. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Mm. But it He's was... like, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Yeah. Whatever. It's a free galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was stupid. That was like, what, two, three episodes in a row that they were like mm. trailing that maybe romance? It's a definitely an arc. And I, th- I think it finalizes in a, like a Neelix versus Tom abandoned on a planet episode. Yeah, which was where also... They duke out. Don't they have to care for like a baby or something? Or yes. Some... Yeah. <laughs> a, a lizard. A or puppet a... alien. Uh... Oh, God. I, uh, yeah. I fast-forwarded through that one. <laughs> it was like um, all of my least favorite things mm-hmm. together in one place. We've solved all our problems. So they're fighting over Kess? Are you serious? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what do you guys think of uh, Dr. Seven? Because I don't really care about Sepsa very much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Dr. Seven? Because that was something the show explored and then dumped in favor of Seven Chakotay. I mean, like, Dr. Seven could never really work out, could it? I mean, not really. You don't think so? No. I, I thought, so... 
I think you're talking about someone to watch over me. I remember really liking that episode uh, and thinking that it was really interesting and, and all that. I don't know how I would think about it now, but I liked it. Like, I was actually thinking about that when when I was talking about, like, oh, I don't think there are any relationships in the show that I, I could get behind. But I, I probably could imagine that working or at least being interesting from, like, a narrative perspective. But, like, Seven and nobody else <laughs> that... I, I couldn't imagine it working. Yeah. So I have the same problem with that ship that I have with um, Kess and Neelix, which is I don't like relationships where one of them has been a established or implied caretaker. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. the doctor has been too much of a caretaker to Seven, and it kind of crosses a weird line for me. And he goes to even farther extent than just being a doctor for the crew, because he's actually helping her discover humanity. But I, I like that perspective because he's also discovering humanity at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that when Seven comes in, he's actually more experienced at being a human than she is. And he's a virtual character. He's like, oh, I actually have some things I can impart to you because I've been programmed to have some kind of ability to converse with other people <laughs> without assimilating them. Yeah, I think that they have a great friendship, but I feel like there's, um, I don't want to say consent issues that come into play, but there's a vulnerability there that makes me uncomfortable. Well, yeah. I think they address that in the show too. Like the doctor himself is uneasy about the feelings he's having because of the dynamic they mm-hmm. have. Yeah, and I think that's addressed in that episode. And yeah. I think it culminates nicely where they're like, no. It might have been that Seven wasn't seeing it and the doctor kind of was mm-hmm. i think uh, that's how it ends up yeah and and then the doctor's like oh okay and he's totally fine with it or mm, the... he, he's kind of fine like there's <clears throat> there comes a point is it in that episode where she starts exploring the possibility of dating chakotay i think that's later because it, it it's in season seven and basically the doctor helps her get ready for a date and he has to conflict with like he has to wrestle with these conflicting ideas in his head he's like well i have these feelings but it's not appropriate for me to have these feelings but that doesn't mean i don't have them mm-hmm. i don't know it it's another example of him being a very deep character yeah i feel like and so i want seven, happiness for him like once they get closer to like getting back on earth i think seven would be way too practical to be like we can't continue this obviously you're a hologram and i'm not we're not going to be on the ship forever but he's um, not bound to the ship at that point true like he is definitely a chief personhood, at least in the eyes of the crew. He ha- he's an independent mind, and he has mobility when he's not stuck to the ship. Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't I don't think there's physical limitations to it. How funny would it be if there was like speaking? Now I'm going into straight fan fiction territory. <laughs> so like, please, that's what this episode's um, about. Yep. So like seven like recognizes this thing that she has with the doctor and then she goes she programs a holodeck program of the doctor so she can like flesh that out and then like of course the doctor finds it it's like we talk about this but it's like what if the holodeck doctor is better at boning than the real one what if she had to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> i never said it would be good fan fiction <laughs> It doesn't have to be good. Doesn't this happen in reverse? Like, doesn't the Doctor create a virtual seven? And is that what happens? I'm trying to remember. I thought that happened in the show at some well, point. Well, he made it. He made a. He did the virtual family in the holodeck, this and then there was the two. I mean, there's the daydream one. one yeah, he yeah. daydreams having a relationship with seven, or at least painting her naked. Yes, I mean like, and in separate seven, fantasies, all the female crew members fawn over him. Okay, I take it back. There are no relationships in the show that I would be comfortable <laughs> with. Blonde and seven. Yeah, uh, Janeway Mark. (laughs) I'd be totally down with that. Man. Oh, yeah. I would watch that show. Harry and Libby. (laughs) (laughs) She's real. (laughs) (laughs) He's told us so. 
Canadian. We can't check. She's too far away. Canadian Alpha Quadrant girlfriend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So do we have anything to talk about other than fic? How did we ships? go an hour without talking about the space monkey? <laughs> I actually was just thinking that. I was, I was like, like, wait a minute. That's a monkey. <laughs> There's a monkey in this episode. Funky monkey. They brought in a monkey because they needed alien life. And they're like, we got a monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like Jack Hanna was shooting some weird special for uh, for like Letterman on the next soundstage. And they're like, hey, we have a monkey. It's like, holy shit, we have a monkey. <laughs> we got it rented for the next couple hours. Yeah. We should uh, we should do something with that monkey. Throw a hairy vest on it and a little unicorn horn. <laughs> it could have been antenna. like a, it could have been a space crow. It could have been like a, that would be cool. A space cat. <laughs> so I will say that um, they did specifically mention. Oh, it's a primate. Maybe it has the same sort of I don't know antibodies or whatever to the insect it had to be exposed. So maybe the species thing kind of helped. Although I don't know. Maybe you can get. Antivirus no. and stuff from a dog. Wait a minute. I got nothing. Wait a minute. They established that if you're on the planet, you don't succumb to the effects of the virus anyway. So what special defense would yeah. the monkey need if it's in the atmosphere? It doesn't sound like any. Space monkey. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that the entire monkey reason mafia. the monkey was there was so that Janeway could scream at to Chipotle that somebody was in the bushes and mm-hmm. so she could Getting have that towel. that towel moment with him while he so lovingly looked at her shoulder. Did no, we're going back to the that? shipping. Monkey, monkey. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> going down with this ship. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously, that's the whole reason why the monkey is there. That's it. <laughs> it it's so half-assed. <laughs> yeah, there's there, the monkey serves no plot purpose. No. There's, there's, if the monkey was not there, it would have been fine. Yeah, it didn't. Exact same story. It didn't keep them on the planet. It didn't drive them from the planet. Like it, there was nothing in their interactions that furthered any part of that story whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, come, come here, little fellow. <laughs> yeah, That's it. the way she like slowly raises her arm out to the monkey is so like specific. <laughs> well, also the sultry voice when she's talking to it. Hello, little friend. Yeah, she's like whispering <laughs> to him. We're going to be lifelong friends. <laughs> Chipotle's colleagues. Chipotle's like, I wish she would talk to me that yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. She gets closer to the monkey than Chicote. I know. It's very upsetting. So, funny thing. Is she actually in the same shot as the monkey at the time? No. They had the ever. monkey for about half hour. Oh, yeah. They took some video. Yeah, yeah they yeah, took the monkey going like, oh. Now lights out for the nighttime scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah They're like, useless. hey, we have this monkey that can stand up and like reach, reach its hands up. Mm-hmm. We found a planet with a single monkey. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So so Kate Mulgrew didn't even get to play with a monkey. I'm sure she did. Right? She had to have. I want to see the shots pulled out where she's just like reaching around out to nothing. She's like, come here, little friend. I found a monkey, Chakotay. <laughs> we have well, you to know whisper it, now. It was just the crew behind the camera. It was just like... Oh, <laughs> uh, it's upsetting <laughs> Okay, I guess we have to talk about the, <laughs> the fic some more. So... It basically, the story culminates in maybe the, like their second to last scene. No, it's like the nighttime scene. Oh, the Chipotle the, uh, story. It's after the massage <laughs> and she gets up and she's like, we have to set some boundaries. Like, let me tell you a little parable. Yeah, well, she goes and she takes a nap in like the translucent glass that he's totally watching her sleep the whole time. Number one, <laughs> she comes out and she's like, this says the thing that everybody wants to hear. <laughs> we need to talk about this. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> let me tell you an ancient story of uh, this angry warrior who was uh, teamed up with this beautiful warrior queen. That's not about us. <laughs> I like that she calls him out on being like, is this actually a story? He's like, no. 
and it's like, you fucking lied. Don't do that, man. I, I have to explore this, though, because I may be not recollecting correctly or fully, but from what I remember in the story, he basically describes a warrior who sides with a, another tribe's queen and protects her and, and swears to stay by her side. The end, dot, dot, dot. What exactly are we and Janeway supposed to get out of that story? Like, he's not saying, and then he eventually fell for her. And he's not saying, and he learned to keep his distance. He's saying, I'll do whatever you want me to. I'm right here. Like, was that the story? So the idea was that he was never comfortable when he wasn't fighting. He was, he was he's the warrior, and, and he, he was always, the, the only time he was ever um, at peace was when he was in battle and stuff like that. And like, Whenever there was peace, he was never comfortable. But when he when he wound up like being sworn to her, that's when he sort of found purpose and like found peace. Yeah, found stability and his like internal stability and, and like became comfortable. Yeah, that... I'm not going to defend it, but that's oh, what happened. Yeah, I definitely understood that much. <laughs> On the other side of that, um, yes, I agree with you. But also, like the he knows where the story is going, where she's like, we have to talk about this. Um, and him saying specifically, like, um, your needs are more important than my needs is basically him saying, like, I know what you're going to say, and we can just leave it right here, and it's fine, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. The end. As someone but, <laughs> but if you want to. So, yeah, that's that was kind of my read on it, that he was leaving it open to her making the advance. Right. Which is a really weak way to explain his position. He's like, I'm not going to make a move, but I'm totally into it. Uh, do your thing or not. I'm Google either way. And then I, they I proceed to go back to the ship and never talk to each other well, again. Well, I think it's respectful of him to, like, he can tell that she's not into it mm-hmm. and that he's not going to be like, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like, what would you do if I was there right now, winky face? I guess what I would want from him is for him to state his feelings. Like, in a position where they think they're never going back to the ship and they've lost the command structure. He does kind of. Say his feelings. I don't he's think like, he does I can't be I think he, he's super reserved about it. Well, yeah. Like, he holds back such that he kind of lets her fill in the blanks the way she might want to. So if she says, oh, I think you're into it and I am too, then he'll move forward. And if she says, I'm not into it, then he'll hold back. But he's playing from a very safe position. He's not really um, making himself vulnerable at all. That's true. This is this is Nothing man was... problems. So you should tell him about this and everybody else. Anyway, Lou has something to say. Lou has something to say for a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That drink is kind of breaking down my filter, and it's really hard not to laugh at my own ideas. <laughs> is it? Chipotle wants to fill in her blanks. <laughs> Sorry. The the talk about the analogy of the um, he he wants to fight, and then like he's found peace. I'm just picturing him telling the story and being like, you know, like to fight, blah blah blah, and her just being like, so you know, what is it that you want? He's like, I want us to start a fight club. <laughs> Wait, what were you thinking I was going to say? <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> Two-person fight club. We can take that monkey is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we'll eat well tonight. They get back up on Voyage Voyager and they're all covered with like scrapes and bruises. <laughs> monkey like, what blood. happened to you? <laughs> we got in a fight with a monkey. The first rule is we don't see talk the other about guy. it. <laughs> Homemade tattoos. More so for Chakotay. <laughs> He gets a mirror on the other side. So it's... Janeway has her own version of the Chipotle tattoo. <laughs> it's just a Chipotle logo. <laughs> it's a chip. <laughs> They're good chips. It's, uh, just, it's just guac is extra over the eyebrow. 
I mean, I, I think he did kind of bear his soul. Kind of, he didn't bear his soul, but he definitely like that was that was an admission mm-hmm. of feelings. Even though he didn't be like, "Hey, I like you. I think we should spend some time on this planet having sex." Because what else are we going but to I mean, do? The farthest he goes with the feelings is like, I found peace through you. And that's a really cool thing to say, but it's also a really cool platonic thing to say. It like is. You can say like, I found a deep kindred friendship with you. And maybe that's what he's trying to say. And well, if that's the case, then the ship is dead in the water. Maybe he's trying to like hmm? hedge his bets um, just because he knows that the ship is sinking yeah, <laughs> while that, he's standing on it. That's what I think is he was, he was acting from a weird position of stability where he's like, I, I come out of this good in any situation, and well, you're, you're the one who has to reach out. He's already telling this through an analogy story. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, mm, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Like, if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, oh, this isn't happening anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clearly, this is going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. My perception is that he likes being told what to do, yeah. and he, I don't want to say it's a lack of responsibility on his part, but, I mean, he's, he's just not going to have any initiative. He's used to taking orders from her anyway. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it just makes it a weak ship. I'm going to go make that king-size bed I was making into two twins. <laughs> Shop. Shop. No, no, no. Shop. Let me use this phaser to cut it. <laughs> That's not what phasers do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been phased. Not that close to the fuel cell. <laughs> He's not a scientist. What do you expect? <laughs> it could have had it all. <laughs> God damn it, Chipotle, you blew up our shelter. <laughs> Stop calling me that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Janeway Space Monkey forever. There's no, <laughs> there's no reason that they shouldn't have boned, but they didn't. That's, that's the subtitle of this episode. End of this podcast. I mean, yeah. to be fair, do we know that they didn't bone? We don't know. At all. They didn't bone. Yeah, Dare, they might have. Dare to dream. The yeah. show shows people boning. Like, it shows them in post-coital bliss on the well, bed they with did. sheets. And, like... <laughs> they did spoon under a table. <laughs> During a plasma storm. Yeah. Again, Jen reading a lot into a scene. <laughs> did you that see was, it, though? That was the Chakotay maneuver. <laughs> Lou, do you remember when Lou mentioned that she remembers the scene of Seven shooting Bolana in slow motion, even though it might not be? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jen thinks the scene happens a lot slower than it does. <laughs> He was basically giving it to her under that table. Do you guys remember that 10 minute scene <laughs> where he just holds her close and it's really gentle? And, <laughs> and she's speaking in that whispery voice that she uses for the monkey. And Seven is just shooting Bolana the entire time. <laughs> Chakotay is talking about how much stability that he's going to give her. How he's going to be the perfect husband. If you're into it. If you're not, it's fine. But if you are, it's, it's fine too. It's more it's like, fun. Oh, just as fun. <laughs> if you're into it, I would consider marrying you. Haha. <laughs> just kidding, unless you're into it. But what if that was real? <laughs> what if we kiss right now? That'd be so weird. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think we should try it. But wouldn't it be weird? <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> but what if I wasn't kidding? <laughs> That's exactly what he did, though. That's exactly what he did, and that's what bothered me the most about this as an exploration of their relationship, is that he does not pursue it in any meaningful way. Well, he basically was... tries to set himself up to be in a position where he can catch her when she falls, yeah. or have a hot tub when she needs one. I mean, I, I think that's pretty respectful, but everything everything you guys were just saying was in the original script. So... <laughs> and we did just quote the script. Yeah. Yes, I, that's how I remember it, too. Mm-hmm. But no, you are correct. With, like, nothing about this episode was meaningful <laughs> at all. Yeah. They end the exact same place that they started. Worse, I think. Yeah, yeah. several months in the 
Like, <laughs> several months wasted. But yeah. also, like, and the awkward. scene back on the bridge where they're super stiff and... Professional. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, I'll send you the yep. report. Like, they're straight up acknowledging in their minds, this never happened, and we'll never discuss this again. We've got some calibrations to attend to. And that's but, like, rough. Can't you, I guess they don't really have very good, like, neither of those characters have very good friends besides each other, so you can't really see, like, Tuvok going over to Janeway and be like, so, <laughs> I would have, logically. <laughs> Logic dictates. You should have hit that. I don't know. I could see Balana asking Chakotay. Yeah. Chakotay yeah, has friends. Yeah, so I think yeah, Balana still carries a torch for him. Mm. That's my that's my headcanon. She'd be, she'd be, like, angry asking, yeah, like, so, like, what up? <laughs> How did you it? Did you fuck her? <laughs> did you fuck my boss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um did did anybody else think that Janeway's top knot at the end of the episode looked extra tight? Yes, it did. Absolutely. That's, that's the thing. It, it felt even more stiff and removed from each other than previously. Like Yes. It just, was definitely detrimental to any possibility of their having a relationship. It was the absence yeah. of anything that was stiff happening with Chipotle. Exactly. Didn't use enough starch in his uniform, is that what you're talking about? No, I was talking about his boner. Oh right, right. <laughs> His lack of a boner. The show is the boner killer. <laughs> How do they deal with like boners in those out in those uniforms? I don't think there's much way to hide it, is there? Unless he goes and hides behind a bush, or he's like, oh, I got. I meant just like I got to replicate a bush. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an hide behind it. <laughs> I meant just like on your duty during the day. It's like <laughs> duty medication. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like the. <laughs> You're just like, you're just popping like anti-Viagra all day. I'm just stoned all the time. Seven shows up and there's just a bunch of bushes all over the <laughs> Why do you think Harry just stands by that console all the all time? All of a sudden, everybody's going hungry because they're spending replicated rations on bushes. <laughs> Why is everybody sitting all the time? Harry, your shift is over for the day. I, I can't leave I my can't console. I can't stand up. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here. I'm good. She's day. an astrometrist. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Computer transport me to my quarters. <laughs> side to side transport. I would side to side transport all the time on Shit, the yeah. Starship. I don't want like, to. Like, why do we have turbo lifts in hallways? Why isn't each floor just like its own floor? And we don't gonna... build any like infrastructure for elevators. Like... <laughs> just teleport everywhere. What are they gonna do? Like, run out of antimatter? <laughs> I like half the transports went down. Everybody be like, okay, we need to use the Jeffers tubes. Time to climb ladders. And, Ugh. Fuck that. <laughs> I never do this. I'm so out of shape. <laughs> I can just see them being like, memo to the crew, you need to stop it with the site transport. We do not have the energy for this. Unless this is an energy to... conservation day. Unless you're personally Use the collecting stairs. extra deuterium. It's a brownout on the Yeah. <laughs> Control brownout. Nobody wants to walk across the ship. Is it a coincidence that um, the ship episode's the one where we all drink actual cocktails? <laughs> I had to get through the ship somehow. Mm. Uh, Let's talk more about like Vidians and stuff. Yes, <laughs> I don't like Vidians. this line at all. The Vidians who have proven themselves to be uh, extremely dangerous. Also super nausea at every disease ever. Yeah. Oh, that one planet 70 light years away? I know all about that one exact planet's yeah. bug. Yep. That doesn't get to other planets. Thanks, writers. <laughs> yeah, it's a burrowing bug too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, it broke into space. <laughs> like, for some no reason at all, Janeway's like, don't contact the Vidians. Whatever you do, don't contact the Vidians. Harry so Kim. That's what I'm saying. Don't think about pink elephants. Like, now it's all you can think about. Of course <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. contact the Vidians now. That's 
That's true. And then Harry Kim has the bright idea. Hey, there's a bunch of there's a convoy of Vidians over there. <laughs> oh, you happened to find that, did you? It's like <laughs> but it, it's just like I didn't ask you to do. Like mashing the scan, scan, button. scan, scan. I like his life. F five, F five, F five, F five. It's like well, it's different because we came across him. It's not like we went looking for him. It's like what? Well, that's no different at all. <laughs> I, I, I like how Tuvok totally appropriately pointed that out of sophistry. It's like, dude, just because you twisted the words around doesn't mean it makes any more sense. It's like, oh yeah, the exact order said not to seek them out. Okay, good job. <laughs> I feel a little bit bad here because, like, maybe this is a little law school showing, but I'm like, I don't know, I kind of buy it. That's a good enough no, workaround. <laughs> so, I'm like, maybe it'll work. Yeah, I think I it's enough for him to propose it, and then once Tuvok, like, shuts it down, then that should be it. But, like, <laughs> yeah. it's not bad to say, like, hey, we happen to find Vidians. Maybe? Okay, no? All right. I'm like, there, there's something to be said for the difference between a passive, in quotes, passive act and an active act like you know it's it's kind of kind of makes a little bit of a difference i think sure 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 but like shut up don't give me that harry kim (laughs) mr starfleet is just like "Eh, captain schmapton (laughs) i'm an ensign and i think we should do this so i'm gonna say it loud enough that other people are gonna start to think about it and agree with me i love Uh that he like tries to cite mutiny and no one goes with him (laughs) guys why are you just standing there oh i have no friends even Tom was like, Harry, don't do this. <laughs> Dude, don't be an insubordinate. It's not cool. And then in the galley, Neelix is like, is there mutiny going on? <laughs> not with Neelix around. What are you guys talking about? Like, We're talking about mutiny. I like how this was the speed run of Tom doing that holodeck program. It's totally to... Insurrection Alpha, but Harry is the instigator this time. <laughs> The worst instigator ever. I mean, really, if, if Bellana was in charge of the mutiny, it would have already happened, is all I'm saying. <laughs> She wanted nothing to do with it. Well, yeah, because she's smart. Because, obviously, he goes to chat the Vidians. What do you think is going to happen? Well, until uh, until Seven got on the show, Tuvok and Bellano were the two most no-nonsense characters around. And they're they're both pretty much on the same side. I mean, Bellano's not, like, openly on that side, but... But she's like, what the fuck are you doing, Harry? Just get back to work. <laughs> she's like, Christ. you either have something to say or you just get back to fucking work. Like, We've all got a job to do here. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that she's like sitting there like a teacher and disappointing her students when that one like Ensign comes over and it's like, here's my reports. He's like, these are shit. <laughs> yeah, these, these are shit. Well, I couldn't concentrate. Well, people could fucking die, so. Maybe work maybe on that. Try, maybe you should try to concentrate. Exactly, Professor Bulana. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, warp Core Wrangler. You have one job. <laughs> Plenty of people die. People die all the time. <laughs> We've got a new captain now. <laughs> oh, God. I literally haven't seen you before today. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you never come back again. Crazy theory that I'm suggesting to see Jen's reaction. Uh, Bolana actually ships Janeway and Chakotay, and that's why she doesn't care. She has money Ooh. on the table for it. <laughs> oh, She's man. just hoping they would, they would make their way back. Uh, because she loves Chakotay enough. To want him to be happy, and she knows how Chicote feels about Janeway. She picked them she's up. Like, she got the she's bug. The that got, she bit them in the first place. <laughs> but she's just hoping that she's transported insects into their quarters <laughs> until a <good> disease. <laughs> side to side. Until something sticks. <laughs> she's hoping that, uh, that after they get back home, they all travel all the way back. And find like a colony of Chipotle's and Janeways just <laughs> just inhabiting this planet. All the girls have long braids and bouffants. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, everyone has tattoos because it's genetic now. 
weird pioneer dresses and Robin Hood vests. <laughs> bathtubs. <laughs> bathtubs for everybody. Everybody's got bathtubs. That's a bathtub-based society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the currency is bathtubs. It's a conspiracy built by Bellana to get them together. That's mm-hmm. what this episode is. Got to the bottom of it. I like how you challenged Jen's ability to <laughs> fanfic this, and she stepped to the plate. I'm yep. so happy that I want a um, good job. <laughs> Points to you. This has been a productive... It's going to be a weird episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I like to go with my episode choices. To the weird realm. I, 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 I thought it, was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was fine. I mean, like, yeah, as an episode, interesting things happen that I like. But, um, like, as an episode, it's just not well-structured or logical in its progression. And it means nothing at the end of the day. True. Most episodes don't. Unless you're me. (laughs) (laughs) And then you remember this episode years later. And you're like, why? Why? (laughs) Very selective memory of this episode. (laughs) The next time you're on a Voyager podcast, you're going to remember this episode. And you're like, we should do that one. (laughs) Yep. There's this great episode. I don't remember what happens exactly. You just roll around on the ground, groaning. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Why Chipotle? I think I even tweeted that, like, months ago. Why couldn't Chipotle have banged Janeway? Linked below. (laughs) I don't know what I would link to. (laughs) You would link to my tweet. Oh, your tweet, right. Got it. (laughs) I believe, Mario, you had the next pick? Yes. Next week... We'll be watching season one, episode eight, Ex Post Facto. Why does that sound familiar? Because it's an episode of Voyager and you've watched all the Voyagers. (laughs) (laughs) So we had talked about how Meld was kind of disappointing in terms of not really being a murder mystery episode. So I found a murder mystery episode about Tuvok. And so I thought I wanted to suggest something that I think more people on this panel would, would specifically, it would specifically appeal to. Interesting. I like it. Until then, this has been Salamander Babies. To read show notes for this episode and all our previous episodes, visit us on the web at salamanderbabies.com. We're on Twitter at salamandertrek, Facebook at facebook.com slash salamanderbabies, and Tumblr at salamanderbabies.tumblr.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at hellocomputer at salamanderbabies.com. Computer and program.